Good day and welcome everyone to another Forgeside Chat, a show about blacksmithing and bladesmithing with a focus on Canadian makers, the Great White North, Canada, eh? Today we are sitting down with Chris Green from Black Cat Metal. We've got myself, Lando Novak, and Justin Lamro here as your hosts. Hey guys, hope everyone's doing good out there. How are you doing? I am doing pretty good. I had a... Yeah. bit of a sleep in went to the dump i went to the dump man and uh <laughs> it was exciting because always an experience <laughs> i got to take my truck because for the last month i've been working on my truck trying to get it safetyed which was uh i'm sure something we'll talk about and uh so going to the dump was exciting and then i drove an hour south of winnipeg to Dominion City, picked up some wagon wheels. So I'm hoping they're all wrought iron so I could uh, start experimenting with that. But I've got about eight of them. Fingers so crossed. You, eh? Lyndon? Me, I'm mind boggled. I'm, um, my brain is like seriously in the trash right now. I don't know where my life is at. I am just like absolute garbage at the moment. My, my sleep patterns are messed up. I, went through an entire week of 18 hour days moving like seriously i'd wake up and i'd put my pants on i went out to the shop and i started putting stuff in the truck and moving it was like at least you remember to put your pants on yeah for the most <laughs> part there was there's times there you know i got caught with my pants down here and there it happens right but seriously like eight thousand pounds in scrap just in scrap that i took in i was like got a few few hundred bucks that paid for the pizza and the beers but i got my got myself moved man i'm out of the shop everything's in storage i'm you know shacked up with my mom for the next four months until i get my new house which is uh it's just a matter of possession date unfortunately but it is what it is we me and the wife found the dream house so we're pumped i think (laughs) she sound bad though that you're shacked up with your mom because who lives next door well my wife's mom lives next door <laughs> so she's <laughs> yeah so she's so your wife is there she, well she's here she's there she's yeah the kids here the kids there back and forth i want to be with grandma i want to be with babka i want to see mom i want to see dad and, and then yeah the wife doesn't really have like a proper bedroom at her mom's but she's got her office there because there's nowhere for her to have her office here and because i've got my office here <laughs> <laughs> it's a shit show dude it's a shit show but it's I'm working complicated yeah, well, <laughs> that's shocked. life I'm for sure you daughter's loving it yeah oh man she's in heaven she's got grandma and babka at her disposal 24 7 just like back and forth right having a blast man she's loving it so <laughs> Pretty and my mom my mom's got a pool as well so cha-ching excellent but, so hey uh, yeah we're here What's... with uh Chris, then another another person, a third. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Mr. Green from Calgary, Alberta, running Black Cat Metal, dude. Right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So, cool, man. Kind of a How long have you been doing that? Kind of thing. Um, I've been forging for about ten years now, uh, and five of that's been blades. Um, Sick. So 
Yeah, ten years in total. Yeah. Cool, man. That's and what have you been yeah, up been to? Good. What have you yeah. been up to lately, man? We have a schedule. Last week it dump? was all no, I didn't. I try and avoid going to the dump. I don't that active face scares me. Um but last week I was on vacation, took some time went fishing, northern Saskatchewan, mm. much needed break. Uh really need to get my head around some things and felt re-energized back in the shop this week. Um and this month basically like all Damascus for me. Um, producing Damascus blades with various shapes and sizes and stuff like that. So uh, I definitely needed a break before I started all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, this morning was uh, doing a second stay restacking of uh, some billets. So yeah, good morning. Cool. Good morning. What are you looking nice. to make with those billets? Um, well, I have to make a, it's what's known as, it's called a wee hawk. Tonto, and it's uh, I, I I I cannot remember the maker's name, but it's a buoy inspired tonto blade, uh, but uh, but large. We're talking like 12, 13 inches, uh, you know, wrought iron uh, guard or uh, habaki, is that the correct term, and uh, a stag coffin handled stag frame to go with it, uh, and then I've got you know, like carving sets, uh, some hunters, some skinners. Uh, I think there's a couple of other things that I'm probably missing, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. <laughs> Crazy. Good, Damn, good fun. Good fun. Are you making like one large billet and then you'll segment it to make the three blades, or are you going to. Um, Multiple billets. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got about four large stacks on the go right now. And I just broke one down that I made prior to going on my vacation. And I forged out three blades from that. Uh, which are smaller billets, so they're smaller knives, which are like smaller little hunters and stuff. Yeah, good day. Nice. Yeah. Hot, but good day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no what, kidding. What kind of temperatures are you running over there right now? Sitting around 30. So, you know, when you got the forge, you know, pumping out 20 psi and you're standing next to it and you got a, you know, a 30 pound block of steel, it's pretty freaking hot. Oh, dear Lord, <laughs> yeah. Frick, you're probably pushing up to the 50 degree range in the shop then. Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably. It's all good fun, though, right? Drink lots of water, right? I forget. I forget. You do too, eh? Shit. Yeah. As one of my biggest issues, I find myself going all day out without water, and then at the end of the day, I'm like, "Oh man, I feel a little dizzy. What's going on? Not yeah. dehydrated." Fight in the head, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, I feel so out of my uh, out of my league right now with everything that you've said already about the knives. I'm like just uh <laughs> i i know about half of what you said what's going on and justin i'm sure caught 100 of it but i'm like tonto habaki wabushu or something was in there i don't know <laughs> I, yeah for sure i sometimes i lose track of the words too like that thing that goes to the other thing it's just gonna look cool that's all i <laughs> Great. so you said a coffin handle what's a coffin handle well, you know, like you know, the sort of old cowboy style coffins that you see kind of leaning next to the, the sheriff's office in the, the movies, right? That's basically, if you take that and shrink it down and slam it onto a buoy, that's a coffin head. Oh. It looks exactly, it's just a coffin. Interesting. Yeah, okay. it kind of okay, sweeps in and sweeps out. Yeah, it usually has the square back where the butt is. I was kind of picturing square, the, the vampire, the vampire coffin with the... Uh... That's it. Yep, that's it. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, it should be cool. Nice. Looking forward to making it. So, or it's kind of that process where you're like, you start thinking about like, oh, gosh, this is going to be really cool at the end. I really hope I can pull it off. <laughs> so if you're doing coffin, are you doing like a, a skeletonized handle or like? Uh... Yeah, it'll be a, a hidden tang with a frame based around it. Frame. Um, and, yeah. Right. Cool. So, what are you uh, what are you pushing these uh, billets out on? Are you doing it under a power hammer, under a press? Press, uh, thirty ton press. Uh, it moves a lot of steel. Presses are really wonderful, super boring to use, but they get the job done. Um, and it's it's much nicer <laughs> to use a press than than not. I mean, for many many years, I had a uh, uh, a six ton. Uh, number six, uh, Denby fly press. Okay. And that was my primary forging apparatus for a long time. Uh, and then before that was just my arm. I mean, I've, I've, you know, you know how it is, right? You just, you got to get the thing done and you, you don't, you just, you just make it, you know, <laughs> however the cost to your body or whatever happens, you just get it done and you're like, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun for the first five or six. And then it's like, Oh my God, I, I did it. And then you're like, yeah my elbow hurts and it's like okay there's got to be a better way oh absolutely yeah so i mean i drove to sacramento to get this fly press which was pretty cool um so that yeah that was uh it was a kind of amazing experience you know seeing the desert with this you know acres and acres of these tools just out in the california sun baking and you know this fellow walking along i wish i could remember his name i think it was ian west coast fly press uh was the fellow i don't even know if he's even still in business um Probably is, but I haven't looked. But yeah, he's got like acres and acres of stuff that he just people load into containers and ship across, and he, they just prop on his property, and he just goes through them because he has no idea what he has. Like it's incredible. He rides around on a little bicycle, like it's <laughs> it's intense. <laughs> and, and you were out there how many years ago? Uh, four or five, maybe okay. longer. Yeah. So he's probably Somewhere still around there. Maybe he might still be around I, there. Then. I, mean, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Because it was just to sort of see his face is pretty incredible. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. like nasals and uh, uh, wow, what what's that? Matthew just like sitting there, and you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> am I dreaming? <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Don't let Chris Cash know about that from uh, Mount Phillips Metalworks, sir. He'll freaking he's out he's out in New York. He'll freaking tear across the country to go to that place to buy everything that's there. Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, it's like every 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 corner is like oh oh, you know, it's like amazing. It's oh, so man. cool, and and the history of the tool too. Like it's it's incredible. I wish we had something like that around here. That'd be so awesome to visit. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Like that's that's why I went to the states to get my fly press because like I, you just at the time when I was looking, I just there was nobody handling it. Right. Um, so know, where, where are you tricky. then chris if like let's i'm uh, currently in calgary um okay. and i've i've born and raised here moved away for a while lived on the gulf islands for about 10 years and that's kind of where i really kind of became like full-time uh i had a house on salt spring island and i built myself a little basically a lean to <laughs> then looked into the woods and you know that's kind of how i got my start um and had like you know maybe 100 square feet where I kind of crammed everything I needed to do in there, um, you know, forged my brains out and had a lot of fun. So 
crazy. Well, Salt, Salt Spring Island is really well known for its artistry, and there's quite a few blacksmiths yeah. out there, isn't there? Uh, in that region, for sure. Uh, on the island, the island's really cool because it has like its own blacksmith club of uh, like sort of hobbyist people that kind of keep it going, which is really cool. And they yeah. have a really neat little like a barn, I guess you could say, uh, that they that they you know pay twenty five bucks for a yearly subscription, and you can go and use the facility, uh, which is amazing, like absolutely amazing. And the, and some of the fellows there were tied in with the Vancouver Island Blacksmith Association. So every now and then we'd get um, uh, people coming over for demonstrations and stuff. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Oh. So is this off the British Columbian coast then? Well, if you kind of like look at the map, it's uh, south of Vancouver, north of Victoria, and it's like right in a little nexus there. There's a whole bunch of little islands. Um, you kind of go through it when you go on the ferry from Vancouver to uh Victoria. Nice. Yeah, it's kind of crazy when you take the ferry from Vancouver Vancouver to Victoria. I think it's the one from Vancouver to Victoria. It, you almost barely even go across like wide open ocean. You're mostly yeah. like dodging through islands the whole way. Yeah, and that's all the Gulf Islands. And I've lived on several of those. You know, like you know, there's like 800, 900 people, 300 people on these little islands, and you know they have all these little kind of crazy end of the line communities. Yeah. <laughs> that people find themselves. <laughs> yeah, the hippies. Uh, the hippies have a good time out there for sure. Eh? Oh yeah, there's there's all sorts. Like, there's one island that's just full of old punk. Like, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned earlier you spent some time in Winnipeg, unfortunately, at one point in your <laughs> life. What the yeah, hell are you prior, doing out here? <laughs> well, prior to blacksmithing and getting and forging and all of that stuff. Um, I was a contract archaeologist and I did that for about 13 years. Um, and so I kind of traveled around Western Canada doing gigs and consulting and things like that. Uh, and so I spent some time in Gimli, um, a few digs out there. I had a good friend of mine who was working on her PhD in um, uh, Icelandic migration. She herself was an Icelandic citizen. So she was wanting to understand this great migration of Icelandic people, you know, cross Canada to Winnipeg and up north to Gimli to live on uh, Lake Winnipeg. And so I did a few digs there, digging up homesteads and things like that. So pretty cool. Pretty cool country. Yeah. Different plague of insects every, every day, though. But. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not right now. It's so dry. We barely even have mm. a freaking mosquito in the sky. It's amazing. I love, well, I, I, I hate how dry it is, but I love that there's no mosquitoes. Mm. Mm. Yeah. A few weeks ago, I was out canoeing um, just south of where the fires are right now. There's fires out in Barron's River. Um, the blood vein community has been evacuated. And I was just south of there because you, there was no backcountry travel whatsoever. Um, mm -hmm. Everything's been restricted um, except north of one of the one of the roads so i know of one canoe trip that we can do out there but um river was super low dodging boulders in the river just boulder fields yeah. um, where there were kind of like smaller smaller rapids or waterfalls they were all down to a narrow trickle and mm -hmm. we ended up like walking part of the river but um during the day bugs aren't too bad but at night wow vicious 
vicious, vicious, and then horse flies and <laughs> no blueberries. Everything's been dried up, so kind of, yeah. kind of too bad. If you think the bugs are bad around here, man, the, remember there was those two guys that ended up uh, oh, the freaking the, no, they those two guys tried hiding up by Thompson. Oh, they, yeah. they ended up trying to sack some or they sack some dude out in um vancouver there or whatever and then they dodged bullets for whatever few days and hit in thompson but what a dumb idea man what a <laughs> frick yeah. it's no no kidding they ended up finding them dead if it wasn't from mosquitoes then they would want to do it yourself man holy crap <laughs> yeah. oh well and well for what they did to bastards yeah great white north North. oh man get up you get up there we bought a screen tent so we could actually hang out at night and we had uh, just a little twiggy fire in in the middle of our tent there and one morning we woke up the last the last night we camped there get up in the morning and our screen tent was gone just a gust picked it up and it just disappeared it disappeared we, <laughs> we looked everywhere on the point trying to find this tent in the bush along the shoreline as if in the river we're looking for these orange legs that would be sticking up nothing just up and disappeared aliens oh. it was aliens yeah and the mosquitoes were vicious that morning so we're like that's it pack up your shit let's go this is stupid get into the i've had beavers steal my stuff so you never know beavers. yeah yeah, I wake up and there's like a beaver hauling something off. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, should we uh, maybe talk about some tools? Already? Or how long we've been going for? Not that long. Twenty minutes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's let's scratch that, to Chris. I'm gonna. Uh, Chris, you were out on the islands, and where'd you go from there? Uh, after islands, came back to Calgary. Been here for the last year and a half. So okay. So how long were you out on on uh, jumping between islands? Uh, about ten years. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So that's kind of where I got my start because when when. My family and I, my, my wife and I at the time, left Calgary. We had a, a brand new family, young kids. Uh, we finally got some land. I was able to set up a shop in a yurt, which was really cool. Yeah. Uh, made myself a coal forge, put it in the middle. The smoke went out the top. You know, it was pretty neat. Like, uh, you know, just making whatever I could. And yeah. it, it just having the space to do it was pretty amazing. I mean, it just, it couldn't do it in Calgary at all. Uh, it's just so, you know, urban here. Um, I'm, I was pretty lucky to find a shop here coming back. but being on the island is pretty special because you know you could you know you're outside you're foraging you know you roll up the sides of the earth and you're looking out into the forest and getting inspired and you're forgetting what you're doing burn things are burning up in the cold <laughs> it, was, it was a grand old time i learned a lot i had a lot mm-hmm. of fun you know were you studying with people. under anyone or you just kind of went out there and decided that- i was just kind of winging it myself um i was fortunate enough that when i first got interested in blacksmithing uh, it was really fortunate because like the week after I kind of knew I wanted to do blacksmithing, Sean Cunningham had one of his classes in Edmonton at Nate. Okay. And I was like a space left. And I jumped on it. 
And it's been like a 10 year ride ever since then. You know, like the first like 20 hours of his class. And then I had this big grin on my face. Like, I, I, I don't think I stopped smiling the whole time. And then Sean's got this photo of me, <laughs> like with him, this silly smile, like swinging a hammer, like not knowing what the hell I'm doing, but I'm having a blast. And like, this is what I want to do. Beat it with a smile. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just look at you know it's all burnt up. And <laughs> yeah, what uh, what was your driving force to go down that road? Uh, Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, eh? yeah, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Awesome, <laughs> one of my favorite yeah, movies. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's like it's so iconic. I mean, it's totally false. But, you know, that first five minutes and Conan and his mom and his dad are making, you know, that rock sword. And you know, like, I remember I was kind of in between jobs after finishing up archaeology and it came on and I was, you know, like, oh, I could do that. And it wasn't so much taking the making a blade or a weapon, but taking the, the raw materials. Right. And turning them into something amazing. And, and that really captured my attention because I'd never up to that point, I'd never really done anything like this. And I was like, I, I, I can do that. I, I, mean, I want to do this. And, you know, it was just, it's been a journey, you know, traveling around, trying to find people that would teach me finding classes um, that, that I could, you know, glean as much information as I could from. And, you know, just, just trying it myself and screwing up really badly, <laughs> you know, failing forward, as I like to say. Oh, for sure. <laughs> don't, don't let Niels Vandenberg know about that. <laughs> the first rule of blacksmithing, don't fuck yeah, right. up. Yeah, yeah, totally different. <laughs> different levels, man. Different yeah, levels. To- totally, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, hey, Chris, man, um, put you on the spot. Do you want to rifle off a couple of the names of the guys that you studied with or that taught you? Yeah, some for stuff? sure. Happy to. Um, well, Sean Cunningham uh, was my first instructor, first guy that really kind of showed me, like, you know, this is fun. You can make a living with this. Um, you know, be stubborn, be determined. You know, just just keep doing what you want to do. Uh, I was then fortunate enough to um, go and hang out and work with and have a take a class with uh, Frank Turley, uh, the late Frank Turley uh, out of uh, Santa Fe. Um, amazing experience. Like you, you, uh, it, it really changed my life uh, in terms of like my forging life, my, my blacksmithing life. Like you roll into the desert. He lives on the outskirts of Santa, Santa Fe. Yeah, Santa Fe. And it's this old shop that he built by, by his hand. Like it's intense. Like, and he's got, you know, 50 years of clinker marking his driveway. It's crazy. You know, cactuses everywhere. You know, it, it, things are rusting and falling apart. There's a mound of horseshoes, like, you know, two meters high. And then you walk into a shop and it's like eight coal forges, um, a 225-pound little giant, and like more tools than I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's dark. There's no light. Like you have to roll up the sides and Frank's got his forge and he's got his apprentice, I guess at the time, this was, you know, five years ago or more, um, you know, and it's, it's crazy. Like, and then he asks you to light up your coal forge. I mean, none of us, we were six of us, I think when we took the pot, none of us had ever used coal before. Right. And it's like green smoke and everybody's hacking and puking and you're covered in soot and smoke. And, but it was like the most amazing thing ever <laughs> just to sort of be part of that. Right. And Frank's kind of shuffling around. And he, I found out at the time he taught me, he told me he was 76 at the time, but I found out he was actually 96, which is wow. mind blowing. 
you know, like mind blowing. No um, and he, Yeah. And he can still, like to this day, I, I, he, can, he can move more steel than anybody I've ever met. I mean, he just, he knew exactly where to put his blows. And it was done. And he, you know, show, he would demonstrate in the morning and then he would go have a nap in the afternoon and his apprentice would take over. Like it was, it was amazing. Like an amazing experience. I mean, the first thing we ever did was take two horseshoes uh, and I'm uh, sorry, one horseshoe. No, was it two? No, two. Yeah. We had to forge well. First exercise ever had to do forge well two horseshoes together and make a new horseshoe. Like talk about being thrown into the, the pan, right? No like, kidding. That's, <laughs> I still have that horseshoe. That's awesome. There you go. Perfect. Hanging on the yeah. wall. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and properly upside down, pouring the luck onto my head as I walk in out of my shop. Uh, cool. So when you yeah. went to see uh, Frank, was that yeah. before moving to the islands or in between? That was, well, that was while I was on the island. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I was thanks. on Galliano Island at the time. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah it was an amazing road trip too. We have, the American Southwest, the desert is beyond comprehension. They're beautiful. It's amazing. You know, it's kind of like, well, I can pilgrimage. imagine like so different than what we have here in Canada, Canada, we've got yeah. lakes yeah. and rivers and, the yeah. prairies, the mountains. We've we've got yeah. a lot of like green yeah. or white all winter yeah. long. <laughs> Very yeah, little sure. desert. Very uh, the, little desert. The Sierra Nevada, I think it's out what is called the Sierra Nevada mountain range in like Arizona, where it's like all like they're those like weird pillar style mountains. Right. Mm. They're all red in color. Oh, yeah, frick, when I saw amazing. that in person, holy fuck mind-blowing mind-blowing yeah it's gorgeous yeah yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely yeah yeah so, yeah so and so and that was how long ago with frank turley you said five years ago maybe five i, I could be getting my dates wrong everything kind of blends together these days so somewhere in that department uh it was definitely within the last six let's say you know and then that then for after frank i was able i got into conversation um with tim cisneros uh, in San Francisco, and uh, Tim, Tim really blew my mind. Like he showed me how to make tools, like really make beautiful sculptural, structural tools. And you know, he he was good friends with Claudio Botero, and Claudio Botero showed Tim Cisneros how to make tools, mm-hmm. and that that was an amazing experience. No like, kidding. Yeah, Tim Tim is an amazing guy. Like if 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 anybody ever has a chance to converse with him or talk to Tim or or even just sort of look at Tim's artwork, um, he's an amazing, talented individual, and it was kind of it was really cool to hang out with him. In his little, he built his own. Uh, we stayed, I stayed in his what he called his square stream. So he built a trailer, uh, and when you're when in San Francisco, he's moved now to Arizona. But when you become a student of his, you stay in his square stream. <laughs> So it's a handmade trailer <laughs> that, that lives in his prop, prop shop uh, in San Francisco. And it's surrounded by all his sculptures. And it's really cool. It's an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. So, and, that, that was, and then the last sort of person that really kind of blew my mind, I got to work with David Lish um, in oh. Washington. Yeah. Uh, so David, David is like an amazing, like an artist on another level. Like he just sees things differently than anybody else i've ever met you know he's he's he sketches in steel you know he's 
like this crazy wordsmith and you know he's he's just a really amazing guy like he takes shapes and lines and he's like well just touch you know twist touch that remove a little bit there push there hit and it just everything just like explodes you're like oh i never thought of it that way but there it is you know like so being able to work with these sort of gentlemen over the years has really opened up my mind and opened up the possibilities to what steel and you know artistic blacksmithing artistic knife making can really be it's pretty intense and it's nice to sort of see that because it's not many people have that like i'm I'm talking about the general public not many people have had that experience to be with these sort of masters of the craft to know what goes into creating artistic metalwork and it's kind of cool to sort of try and bring that out now because most people only have the experience of like you know forged in fire um which isn't really doing what we do as craft people justice mm-hmm. no. have you ever seen there's a show uh what is it ami i don't think that's what it's that's the channel is ami what's the, the show called uh, oh is that like man man at arms or something? man in arms that's it yeah that, that one i would any day suggest that over forged in fire <laughs> <laughs> for sure yeah for sure. one's a one's a game show yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other one exactly. Well, that's just what it video is. Video game yeah. uh, swords, or yeah. weapons. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Different media. Yeah, a whole different I, stuff. I find the entertainment value is definitely like high on both both shows, though. Like if you if you're looking for entertainment, you d- definitely get it out of oh, either show. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that's I, I would never dissuade anybody from you know watching Fortune of Fire for sure because no. if that's what it takes people to get interested in metalwork, then watch every episode please yeah Yeah. (laughs) well and you know what there's there is a thing to that too because if you ever you know if you're part of the online community there are online competitions and sometimes the online Mm -hmm. competitions are you know two-hour builds or whatever and yeah you can go to a hammer in and you can run into a competition at a hammer in where you get a time build like that we did one for for canna and we had a what was it a 24 hour build? Is that what it was that we gave everybody? Uh, it was more than 24 hours, but yeah, that's pretty much the, the premise of it was. Yeah. Yeah. So and, uh, the three time competitions that started in the, what was it, Saturday evening? That's right. Yeah. 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 And then Sunday evening, do Monday morning. Was it Monday? Okay. I thought it was Sunday evening. Okay. Yeah. We gave the extra night. Yeah, that's right. We didn't want to check our inboxes. We were we were fried. <laughs> we were so yeah, you you guys put on a hell of a show. So it was yeah, pretty good. Thank <laughs> yeah, thanks. You I you tuned into that or? Oh, of course. Of course. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> awesome. I yeah. So many people tuned in. It's hard to keep track of who was all there. To be honest, it was. Uh, oh, yeah. It was awesome insane. Job. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we hit, I, I've mentioned it before, but when we hit ten. 10 subscribers or 10 attendees. I was like, all right, this is going to work. And then we had 50 and I was like, wow. Okay. My mind is blown and it kept growing and growing. And we hit the 224 attendees and I was like, yeah, yeah. Flabbergasted. No, it was awesome. I mean, it really was kind of like, you know, going to the, the can iron and you, you know, people are demonstrating and you can take out, take some of that one and you walk down the corner, go over there. You take in some of that one and you go back and you just kind of wander around. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh man, that's awesome nice. feedback. Make, makes me happy to hear that. <laughs> oh, you guys are welcome. <laughs> oh, thanks, Took a big man. you did it so a hell of an undertaking. 
well done. I'd do it all again, man. It was a blast. We want to do, yeah, we want to continue to do stuff. Well, that's why we're doing the podcast, right? We want to continue doing stuff like that. Give it back to the community as much as we can. It's, uh, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that's the beauty of the blacksmithing community is everybody's so giving and welcoming and it's just yeah, it's, it's really cool. Like I have, I've yet to meet a, well, I have to meet, you had to meet a really crabby metal worker. <laughs> we all seem to be pretty open-minded and very gregarious and like, you know, ready to help out, which is pretty amazing. I haven't come across that in any other communities, which is yeah. uh, pretty nice to see. It was nice to be a part of. I say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. No, I, couldn't be happier to have decided to go down this path in life. It's uh, it's it's been amazing for sure. That's uh, mm-hmm. to say the least. Speaking about paths, Chris, mm. I have a question. I've been sure. waiting to ask this one. Um, <laughs> you mentioned studying with these uh, these experienced smiths, these artists, and then you have a background in archaeology as well. Do you feel that background in, in archaeology that you've been able to use it with your blacksmithing or to influence it at all? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Because, I mean, having studied, you know, the human artifactual remains, um, you know, I like to think that I'm making, you know, heirloom quality functional art that can be passed down for generations, you know, and, and you know, maybe one day it'll be dug up. Who knows, right? You know, probably the only thing that'll be left to be the epoxy or something, but you know, there it'll be. Uh, yeah, totally. I think I do draw from that. Um, not not so much from like the historical like weapons or that kind of side, but I definitely do from the the idea of creating artifacts. Uh, I think that's a pretty powerful tool. And as metal workers producing stuff, or, or just artists in general, to be able to produce something and have it pop into existence as your hand is a pretty powerful thing to be able to share with other people and share with the customers and the clients or, you know, the people listening to the podcast, you know, it's pretty cool. You know, I, I recommend it. <laughs> It'll outlast you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's the idea of being able to pass down, like my grandpa gave me a knife when I was a kid and the idea that mm. I could eventually pass that knife down to my kid and my kid pass that yeah. knife down to their kid. It's mm-hmm. so yeah, cool. It's pretty powerful, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I was at the the museum in Dominion City this morning. (laughs) I picked up the the wheels, the wagon wheels, and uh, I'm like, well, I'm two kilometers away from town. I might as well go check this out. I've never been there. (laughs) It's a small rural community. (laughs) And uh, there is a, what kind of fish is that? It's like the uh, sturgeon. So there's a statue of like a sturgeon fish. So I park by the sturgeon and I go take a picture of it and stuff. And this old man pulls up and he's like, oh, you got to go see the museum if you want to know more information about this town. And I'm like, I'll go check out the museum. So I'm I'm talking to this little old lady who's giving me the tour. (laughs) There's two buildings. And of course, the second building has like the the coal forge in it and there's mm. different knives up on the wall and this one knife has this long spike on the front of it and i'm like what the heck is that and mm. it was for uh for cultivating uh sugar beets i think that's what it was, oh. sugar beets so they take the blade chop off the the tops the heads of the beets and then the spike was to jab it into the ground 
and pull oh. the beat. And I was like, I've never seen anything like that. So cool. Oh, wow. And then <clears throat> they had a cobbler's section. And I'll post a picture online somewhere about this one. Um, but it was a folding knife and it had like a spike on it. That must have been uh, almost the diameter of my pinky on the one side. <laughs> so I'm going to gonna have to do some research on that one. But Might have been an awl, maybe. It could have been an awl, but like heavy like that? <laughs> maybe. I mean, I've seen some pretty like digging up stuff. I've seen some pretty heavy weighted awls. Okay. And like, that can't be an awl, but it's an awl. Okay. You know, it was rammed you know, through the hide. And, yeah. Yeah. It could have been. I mean, I have to see it, but yeah. Right. Yeah. For hides. Yeah. I, I was thinking like just for fine, like an all for, for like stitching leather. But if you're making mm. like a, a buffalo coat or a bison coat, then maybe you would want some, something pretty Yeah. Rugged. Just to even just stretch it out to kind of like prevent like evil. Like, I know they did um, oh. uh, with beaver skins. Beaver pelts. Right. They had to uh, stretch them uh, to make them more circular, mm -hmm. uh, and they, you know, you had to tie it in a big loop and or a hoop, sorry, not loop, but hoop, um, yeah. and then stretch that out from there. So right. could have been, could have been an all. I don't know. <laughs> nice. So you found some of these things in your excavations, then? Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I've excavated all sorts of things over the years. So yeah. been pretty cool digging in the dirt. Archaeologists do it in the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When you were telling me that you had been in the area digging for archaeology, I was totally expecting you to tell me that you were digging south of the city because there's actually mm. quite the site south of the city. I don't know if you know about it down by Morden for dinosaur bones. Right. That's paleontology. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. yeah. I know nothing about that. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> That's okay. I get asked yeah. that all the time. And I was thinking First Nations. Yeah, uh, I mean, that, that's primarily what I worked with, uh, worked okay. on. And I got to work with elders and all that sort of stuff. So it was, it was a pretty amazing, like, you know, 13 years run of being exposed to all sorts of, you know, amazing people and cultures and paths and spaces and places and whatever, you know, all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, the future, I'm sure it shaped me more than I can really, you know, put my finger on. But, yeah, it's definitely there. Cool. So How when long you're designing did... your knives, do you primarily do you look at some of the like designs from a historical perspective or like do you yes and no. Uh most of most of the inspiration I've been taking these days is uh from deep sea fish teeth of all things. Um they're yeah, they're got some pretty amazing lines, I gotta say. Um I I have looked at some historical stuff. Um, some of it is kind of like, I look at it, I'm like, wow, that's just like mind blowing. I can't do that. Not yet. I'm not there yet. in My <laughs> level of skill. I don't have so the equipment. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that too. Uh, there's always that. Uh, but yeah, I really like something about the fish teeth and fish shapes have really sort of captured my attention. Uh, and that's kind of where I'm drawing some of my inspirations from. Well, Hey, you know what? Right now might be an excellent time for us to give a shout out to one of our most favorite and adored people that I, I I'm I'm very fond of anyways. I mean I'm I'm sure you are too Justin and Chris maybe I don't maybe Chris you don't even know who we're talking about but who I'm talking about is a lady by the name of Cindy from a company called Pritchell and Hardy. 
Pritchell and Hardy has been kind enough to step up to the plate and give us a little bit of a, uh, what do you call it? A discount package towards our listeners. If you want to hop on over to PritchellandHardy.com, you can use the promo code. What is it again? FSC10. That's for Forge Side Chat. Forge Side Chat. And I'll save you 10%. I'll give a little shout out. Cindy is an amazing person to deal with. Um, that's where I get all my belts. Um, she's wonderful. Wonderful. I, I can't say enough high praise about Cindy. So if anybody's looking for belts or whatever, talk to Cindy at Pritchell and Hardy. She's awesome. We, we did not line that up, everybody. That was my chance. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> what was the chances of that? Honestly, like, honestly, I, that, it, it, was, it, was, it was like it was scripted. That was awesome. Have you tried the Arcturox belts? I have not. I was kind of eyeing them up, but I haven't, I haven't gone there yet. So okay. one day, one day. I've got one in my locker here. I need to... I've been waiting for it to well to finish on my <laughs> truck. Jeez, I bought a truck a month ago, and um, it was not safety, but I got a good price on it. And I was like, you know what? I've got I've got July. I can work mm. on it. And uh, I did the rocker panels and brought it in for safety. After I did that, and then they said you have to do your inner rocker panels. <laughs> so I don't know how many of you put on your pants and then decided you want to put on underwear after you put on your pants, but it's freaking difficult. <laughs> so that's pretty much what I've been dealing with for like, I would the underwear on your one head. day to remove the inner rocker panel, just surgically <laughs> cutting it away and, and gnawing it out. And then another day of putting it in there and welding it in. <laughs> oh my God, not an easy job. And then I had, um, the seatbelt latch wasn't working. And then I had uh airbag sensor wasn't working as well. So I had to, I, I changed one component and I thought they were going to be able to just flash the codes or, or reset the codes and it would go away, but it didn't. So yesterday I was removing my passenger seat and <laughs> cleaning out wires and making sure nothing was severed. And then I moved one of the sensors around like i switched a sensor and it, it went away so after hours and hours of yeah, baby yeah. <laughs> my, my, i have an elderly neighbor and he'd come outside and he'd be like justin what are you doing I'm like oh martin <laughs> i'm working on my truck oh you better take care of that rest right there and i'd be like okay i might as well take care of that your rest. problem <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So I'm like sanding my truck down. I'm like, oh my God, I've never done this before. Doing body work. It turned out all right. There's no rust anymore. It's painted. <laughs> Looks all right. But now it's on the road. I'm glad. Sweet. Now driving good to work in the shop. Um, I want to change the shocks on it. It's really rough. You hit bumps and it it hits hard. Was it was it last night? Or maybe it was two nights ago. I was ready to phone you and be like, you better well damn well be in the shop right now, man. It was like 12 degrees out or something, dude. I was out at the lake. <laughs> I was out at the lake. It was Son of a. Eh? Yeah. Nice warm day and then cool off at night. Yeah. Other than Good not sleep. being able to hang around a campfire, which was like <laughs> fortunate, but whatever. It was nice. Yeah, I got to take those breaks and step away. 
Yeah. 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 I had a rough year there. So, um, and spring with pan iron, just, yeah, that, that tore a hole in me. So sorry linden that was it was awesome um but yeah i decided july was going to be kind of light and august is looking to be kind of light as well so good yeah i'm i'm in the need of some lightness oh my god yeah oh it's dude, coming sure. it's coming oh it's here it's here it's here like you want to head out to the cabin but can you go? You I can go. Yeah, right? we can't. No, we're under uh, evacuation alert right now. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know for sure, but I think the mother-in-law might have uh, went out today to get the boat. I could oh, be wrong, wow. but yeah, Man. like every everybody at uh, Davidson, like the lake that's under like actual um, notice, or is that what it is? Is maybe we're under notice. Yeah, we're under alert. They got notice. So they actually had to be out by a specific time. I think it was 2 p.m. like two days ago or three days ago. They had to be out of the cabin. And then this morning it was reported that the fire is apparently only six kilometers away from the cabins now. And it's Davidson is like probably 20 kilometers from our cabin. So, yeah, we're we're not far, man. Dude, you think the smoke's bad here in the city? Holy (laughs) crap. (laughs) <laughs> well i mentioned i was out canoeing there about two three weeks back uh the one night with smoke or one afternoon the smoke started rolling across the lake and we're like well i was freaking out my friends are like no it's far don't worry about it <laughs> wake up in the morning and there's ashes on everything like our oh tents. wow yeah i was like wow how far is this fire guy wow yeah not far <laughs> it was it was like like i don't know how many hundreds of kilometers i guess just the mm-hmm. way the wind picked it up but wow yeah, it was wow. you could feel it in your lungs it wasn't very pleasant wow. end of days oh yeah oh god it almost feels yeah. like it <laughs> with this year. Oh, with this whole dry year and this corona stuff going on it's just like what is going on in this world right now gosh Oh well, I'll be in my blacksmith shop, guys. Yeah, yeah. If you need me in order to find me, yeah, leave me alone. Let me crawl into my hole. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, Chris, dude, man, like you've been making knives for like you said ten years now, or is it you've been blacksmithing about, for ten about years? Five, five, five years. With knives. Yeah. Give me an estimate. How many knives do you figure you've pumped out, bud? <laughs> you know, it's funny because I was listening to. Um, an interview. Uh, this is a story attached to this. I'll get to your answer. Uh, to by um, uh, Tim Hancock, who was a master bladesmith uh, in Ar- Arkansas or somewhere somewhere in the states. I can't remember which. Uh, and he he passed away last year from Parkinson's, I believe. And they were asking him how many blades has he thought he's made. And within his answer, he said, "Well, you know, the first five knives you make don't count." And he's like, "No, no, wait, wait. The first hundred knives you make don't count." Is and he further corrects himself and says, actually, the first 200 knives you make don't count. And he's like, yeah, I probably made about 3,000 knives in my 30 years trip. And so I'm thinking, gosh, how many knives have I made? And I, I, I think it's, a pro, it's between three and 400 right now. Maybe, maybe on the higher end of three, closer to four. So within that realm, within that five years, four or five years. Is it 
is it 600 yeah is, is it actually like six or seven hundred because <laughs> no. the first 200 don't no. count i've made oh, I none <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well that's kind of what it feels like and you start making stuff and then one day it just kind of like starts to click and you're like oh okay okay i think i'm getting this now you know but it's still it's like repetition 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 you know and you you're always learning about how to hold things how to watch things look for the sparks you know watch for the high areas look for the low areas you know it, you know don't do this don't do that you know like it's it, the list goes on and on and one thing that david lish said to me that really stuck in my mind he said uh knife making is an exercise in recovery and that really stuck with me uh and i pass it on to the students that i teach now and you know like if you make a mistake how are you going to fix it you know and sometimes if you make a mistake you got to make the mistake to the other side so it evens it all out you know so it's and, and then we start to dealing in more sides and more planes and like so you're always trying to recover it's it's pretty cool <laughs> and it's that it's kind of addictive too trying to meld all these different materials and keep everything stri- straight and flat and no light and it's pretty cool like it's it's challenging and i'm kind i i i forged for a long time and i made you know gates and i've made some you know lots of decorative pieces and hammers and hooks and stuff like that but for when i was forging i was like was that it like there's gotta be something more i can add to this like i i I was always trying to add things to the stuff i was forging and so that's kind of how i kind of fell into the knife making And, and a friend at that time asked me you know can you make me a knife and I was like, oh, yeah, cool. But I was also really hesitant because, you know, it, you know, at the time it was kind of bladesmithing was kind of getting a bit of like, you know, poo-poo wrap from a lot of the, 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 the you know, the right proper blacksmiths. Because oh, if you, you can forge, anybody can forge a knife kind of thing. Yes, anybody can forge a knife. But can anybody make a knife look kick-ass and sexy? That's the difference. <laughs> yeah. And so that's kind of where I'm going through. Yes. Forging knife, amazing. Like, yeah, it's forging. Tell when you grind and you put your stuff together, that tells you how well you forged. You know, five minutes at the forge will save you an hour at the grinder. You know, all those sorts of things. So, yeah, I've, I've I've made a few knives and I've learned a lot. I've also screwed up more knives than I can even possibly count. Thousands and thousands of dollars of steel uh, down the drain and leather too. Well, that's another ball game. But yeah, <laughs> did you do your own leather work then? Yeah, I do. It's not something that comes easy, but I do do it. Yeah. That's yeah. uh, from almost every knife maker that I've heard from. The leather work is the part that seems to be most attested. Yeah. And it, it, it hurts my hands. Like, I mean, I'm sure you, you two the have stitching. the same. Like, you know, you're like, yeah, like you just can't hold anything small and smooth anymore. It just slides through your now. <laughs> oh, perfect. I'll and do like the leather to... work and the stamping <laughs> and all. I'll yeah. uh, I'll dye it and then I'm like, honey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can you stitch I'm kind this of, together for me? And I'm kind sure. of at the point I might start farming it out because I think I'd rather w- put more energy and time into the stuff I really enjoy. Um, yeah. So I think I'm leading that direction just to kind of help me out because I, yeah, um, there's a time crunch sometimes too, and it it would just be nice to focus on the parts that I really enjoy. And, you know, I'm, I'm not getting any younger. I kind of want to focus on things that make me happy and leather doesn't really make me happy. <laughs> so which parts do you enjoy the most then from uh, the knife making? Like, 
every part. I mean, there's inherent catastrophic failure in everything that I do. Um, and that's kind of addictive because you walk, you know, use the term, you know, you walk this belayed edge of continuous failure. And, you know, each step has this inherent failure built within it. And that kind of drives me like, okay, I didn't mess up that stage. Okay. Well, maybe I'll mess up and oh, and so on and so forth. So I, I really enjoy every aspect of it. Uh, I used to, I mean, everybody, you know, complains about handstanding. I really like handstanding. Uh, I, I think probably because I, I, I learned a technique that really kind of speeds things up and it, it, it really makes it a pleasure to do. All right, everyone, listen up. Chris, <laughs> what's your trick? <laughs> Please well, tell us. <laughs> well, it, it really, this is something I learned from David Lish. Um, and David Lish learned a lot of this from Tim Hancock. Um, I, I hope I'm, I'm doing this correctly. Um, so the, 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 the process, the, the, the most important thing in knife making is a disc grinder. Without a disc grinder, you're, you're beating yourself up, you're wasting your elbow grease, um, and you're, you're losing money. Hmm. So get a disc grinder. Right. It, it's like it saves so much time. Like for me, grinding is very fast. You know, I start, I profile, I ever, I use a 36 grit belt, 60 grit belt, and I'm done. So I rough, I profiled, rough ground, I shaped, put the bevels in. That's all. It's 60 grit, and I'm done. I move okay. to the disc sander. I polish everything up. Uh, 220 uh, pa- pal- pad paper, uh, and then 320 paper with a soft rubber backing. Okay. Uh, and then from there, it's ready to go for hand sanding. Hand sanding with sticky back sandpaper on a rubber backed board, disc board, 220, 320, or sorry, not 220, 420. And at that point, the knife is done. Like the whole process could probably take less than an hour. Sweet. Like it goes that fast. Wow. wow. Jeez. Awesome. I have one in, in my drawer. Yeah. I need to put a motor on it. <laughs> Uh, a motor on that thing. <laughs> I need to set her up. Time to get her yep, going, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, you save uh... so much time and energy and money. Like it's incredible. I, I mean, I, I had one prior to learning this technique, but I didn't really know how to really use it. Mm-hmm. Like this runner I'm talking about. Um, so when I really learned how to use it, it saved so much time. Like indispensable. You know, I often liken it to, I don't know if, if anybody is you know, familiar with Rick and Morty or whatever, but there's an episode of Rick and Morty when Morty creates true level, or sorry, Rick creates true level for Morty, and it's like this perfectly flat surface. Okay. And so, and uh, Morty ends up, stands on this true level, and he has an orgasm because it's so flat and so amazing. So when I first started using a disc grinder, I was like, oh, you know, that, that's what it's like to use a disc grinder. <laughs> I need to get this thing off the bench. <laughs> God, Justin, can we can we end the podcast now, Justin? Right? Yeah. I need to set this up. Yeah. Slap a VFD on that baby. Yeah, eh? Nice. Is that something you would recommend the VFD on the disc grind oh, as well? Absolutely. You have to have forward and reverse. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. You have to. Hey, don't. I mean, if anybody's out there in the market for any kind of grinding apparatus you have to have a vfd don't even look at anything else don't even mm-hmm. don't even pretend it doesn't even don't exist bother. yeah yeah <laughs> don't even bother 
Yeah. On my two by 72, I had gone from just straight, uh, I think it was a 3,400 RPM. And mm. then I went with step gears and that mm. was just a rattly mess. And oh, yeah. the VFD <laughs> and I was like, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Game like, changer. This is fun now. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It's like, I'll slow it down so I don't burn up my steel. Yeah. Like yeah. It. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, too. Like, if you're interested in doing this or as a hobby or a full time thing, like, spend a little bit more money than you, you actually kind of feel comfortable with because mm-hmm. you're going to have more fun. You're not going to be fighting your tools. You're not going to be fighting your materials. You're not going to be wasting your time and it'll just, you'll, you'll press and blossom from there because you'll be enjoying yourself. So everyone listening is going to be playing this to their wives right now. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, she, he's a professional. He knows, he knows what he's what talking, he's about. talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. You got to listen to this guy. Yeah. 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 Well, it, uh, I, I think it goes under the buy once cry once too. Right. Like, yeah, it's a, Sure. I love saying that it's like I could buy that drill press and it'll be okay, or I can just spend another 200 bucks or another 500 bucks and get the yeah. one that is going to last forever. Like, and I don't yeah. have to, and, and that's the thing. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. buy a safety truck, dicking <laughs> 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 around underneath it for two yeah. weeks, and I just don't buy a Dodge. <laughs> uh, hey Chris, you're giving out classes too, aren't you? Yeah, I'm. I, I quite enjoy it. Um, I, yeah, I, yes is the answer. Uh, I really enjoy teaching. I think it's a pretty cool way to kind of give back to you know all the people that you know taught me, um, showed me a lot of the things. Uh, it's just been amazing to pass on their knowledge. And I think it was it was Jake James uh, who said to me, "We stand on the shoulders of giants," and we really do. Because these, the people that came before us, the, the pathfinders, the, 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 the wayfinders, the, the makers, like they're the ones that really set the trend. And to be able to sort of take their, just, just, a, just a tiny bit of their knowledge and you know, bring it to someone who's new to this or someone who's even more experienced than me and pass along this information, it's pretty powerful. It's, pretty, it's, it's what binds this community of ours together. And you know, what Tim Cisneros first introduced me to the idea of there are no secrets here. And that was something that he learned from Claudia Botero, who learned from um, Alfred Haberman, right? And so it's been this continuous flow of information from you know, the great Alfred Haberman, the great Claudia Botero, to the great Simpsons Nero. So it's, it's pretty amazing to carry on these sort of lineages of knowledge. Mm-hmm. You ever gonna start doing art? What kind of art? <laughs> Well, you know, sculpture, kind of like, you know, your Claudio Botero, Tim Cisneros kind of work. I've tried. I can't can't quite get my head around it. I haven't done it enough. I haven't really had like that playtime that I think that's required, especially with artistic stuff. Like you really have to kind of like get in there. You have to sort of push things to the side and just say like what that the steel or the bronze or whatever it is you're working with speak for itself. You know, like you hit it in one direction, what's ways it's going to go? Like, yeah. it, it's pretty amazing. Like, you you have to sort of understand. It's like you know, moving clay or a paint with a palette knife. I mean, that's a lot of like what those individuals have done. 
is they they take the steel and they they plastica the hell out of it and move it around and do these amazing things. You're like, how'd you do that? Oh yeah, I do know how you do that because I can do that too. But I'm glad you're doing it because I just can't make that time in my brain to to produce those sort of shapes. So thank you. Do do more of that so I can amaze and be inspired by that. And, you know, you can show other people. I can show other people. Well, that's really what it's all about. <laughs> I mean, Very I remember cool. the first time I saw Alfred Haberman's work in a book was at Tim Cisneros shop. And like, I had to actually stop. I had to close the book and I had to get up and walk away and, you know, have a drink because I, I couldn't comprehend what I was seeing. I was like, how, how, how does this happen? You know, and it's like, it, it blew my mind. It's like, this is the possibilities of steel. This is the possibilities of the material. Uh, it's, it's skies. And I think as Sean Cunningham once told me, the sky's the limit, and then you get into space. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> hey, do you know who I, I? I think you know who I'm talking about here. Paul Reimer. Oh, Paul's amazing. I love Paul. Yeah, I was talking with uh, our our bud Paul oh, a few months ago now about power hammers. Yeah. Have you gotten your power hammer from Paul yet? <laughs> <laughs> I had a power hammer from Paul. Uh, he landed in my shop. He drove it out here from Cranbrook. Um, okay. He and his apprentice kind of. Dropped it in my, my, my shop. I used it for the afternoon. Uh, it was, um, oh God, I can't remember what it was, but it was a, what, Paul will remember, I can't remember. Uh, it was 44 kilo, no, 22 kilo, 22 kilo German thing. Beautiful little machine, uh, ran great, but it did not hit hard enough and move enough steel for me. Um, so I was like, Paul, we, we got to change this out. And another fellow came and picked it up. Um, he lives somewhere in Alberta. I think he's in Edson or something like that. So Paul, eventually, yes, I will be getting a hammer from Paul at some point. Um, that's still in the works, but no hurry. No hurry. I've uh, had other things I had to pay for first and kind of drained my power hammer fund. <laughs> so. uh, funny enough, I almost beat you to the punch on that 22. <laughs> How was it? Oh, cool. Yeah, I was talking to Paul about the getting a hammer from him as well. And yep. that was one of the ones that came up in conversation. He's like, mm. I just sold this to Chris Green. I was like, ah, <laughs> that's exactly what I'm looking for. But oh, well. It so. was it was a great machine. It was really like the stroke was it was slow. Um, oh, it, really? It, yeah. So it may it's not for everybody. It was a um, self-contained, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like great shape, beautiful, smooth, everything. Um, but it was a real slow strike. Right. You know, and if you're used to faster stuff, like if you ever worked on like a little giant, like a bam, 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 bam. Yeah. Like that was, yeah. that was kind of what I was hoping because those move a lot of steel. Yeah. Whereas I, I wish I could remember the name of this, this one. Um, it just was a real kind of slow, almost like a slap. Right. And, uh, okay. it just didn't quite have the oomph to move, you know, like two inch round W2 that I need. I'm sorry, not two inch round W1. Like, and I was like, <sighs> So anyway, I passed it on. Oh, I think this so. is a good point for, uh, tell us about your tool. Oh. So in this segment, you didn't, you yeah. didn't do it right, Justin. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey. Use your sexy voice. Hey there, boys. I want you to tell me about your tool. <clears throat> I mean, tools. Tell me about your tools. <laughs> So, Chris, within your shop, within mm -hmm. every blacksmith's shop, there's 
many different tools. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about one that has a bit more meaning or a bit of history that you can uh, drop on us? Mm, well, it'd have to be, I think, probably the one I traveled the farthest to get was my uh, number six fly press, my number six Denby fly press um, with, the, with the not larger choke. It's the regular size. You know, so that has sort of special significance for me of, you know, driving to California and picking it up in the desert and meeting Ian, I believe his name was, and seeing all the machines. So that one definitely has yeah. some significance. I mean, it's probably next to my anvil, it's probably the oldest tool in my shop. Um, and that's pretty special. So, it's, definitely. you know, I, I was going to sell it a few years back, but I was like, you know, that's just, that's just dumb, man. <laughs> Don't, you don't oh, tell yeah. them such a thing. No, keep that for <laughs> sure. Like oh, that? yeah. Like, geez. Uh, <laughs> well, for what you're moving. doing. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. I was moving. I was like, ah, oh, if I just, if I leave that here or sell it, then I don't have to deal with all that weight and it'll all be fine. Yeah, fine. Mm. But, you know, it was like, you know, what, what are you doing? Like, honestly. <laughs> it's coming home. So right. my number six, Denby Fly Press. And the cool thing about it is on the side of it, I'll have, maybe I'll post a picture on my Instagram or something. It has the Denby double hanging knot. And it was a knot that Ian told me was this was the knot we used to hang two men at once with. <laughs> oh. <Ooh>. Yeah. Creepy. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. the olden days, right? Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. For sure. So, so you got, um, one anvil in the shop, two anvils. How many anvils have you got in the shop? I've, I've got three currently. Um, I've got a 200-pound Peter Wright, um, which is probably the oldest tool in the shop. And I've got a couple of little hunger patterns uh, that, um, that I just kind of use for teaching and stuff like that. So great, great little stuff. And they just, they're, they're light, so I can pull them around my shop wherever I need them. So if I'm you know, heat treating, I can pull them over the heat treating oven you know, if I catch a warp or something, I can tap it out and put it back in. You know, just stuff like that. It's handy to have. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, this is a question I ask almost every blacksmith that I ever come across. What was your mm -hmm. first anvil? Tell me about your first anvil you ever had. Uh, I think it was actually the current anvil I have now. The the 200-pound oh. pewter right. Uh, nice. It's a little bit of surface conditioning, um, but it's it has amazing rebounds. Um, it it made me a lot of money. <laughs> awesome man. over the years, yeah. Lyndon, where are we doing the shoutouts? Or well, I mean, it'd be a good idea for us to you uh, to do a shout out. Maybe talk about uh, you know a specific somebody that you know in the community. Maybe even it's just somebody in your life that's uh, you know touched you in a special way hopefully not in a wrong way but in a special way because that's promoting you know, the people that touch us nicely uh, yeah that's that's the people i'm talking about the people that yeah. that are meaningful in your life the people that have you know shown you something special or something something awesome amazing somebody that maybe it's somebody that you've never even freaking met before and you see this person on instagram or facebook and you're like that that guy's freaking awesome, man. I got to talk about this guy. Let's talk about this guy. Chris, man, who's this guy? Who's the, or this girl? Who's the person, man? Tell us. Oh, I mean, I've, there's so many, I mean, all the people I've mentioned are pretty amazing. Um, I, I actually, I, I should probably, uh, more recently, um, I was really, had this really cool experience where 
this young 17 year old kid kind of rode in on his bike and he's like, yeah, I want to be your apprentice. I was like, oh, okay. And I've had, you know, other people contact me through various forms of media and email and whatever. But this is the first person that ever actually like showed up at my door ready to go. And his name is Hudson. Um, he's, he lives not far from where my shop is in Calgary. And he, he's like, he's so passionate. He's so involved. He's super talented. So, and just to have his like energy level kind of in the shop is pretty cool. You know, like he, he comes in, I was like, I, I can't pay ya. He goes, oh, no, I know. No problem. No problem. He's like, I just want to learn. I was like, done deal. And first thing he did was like sweep floors. <laughs> and that's, you know, like that's where apprentice starts. Yes, sweep yeah. the floor. Yeah. And he did that. And so he's kind of hung out. He's working on a chef's knife. Uh, he was, you know, ladder patterning, grinding some Damascus stuff for me today. He set up some billets. The guy can already weld. Like it, it's like, yeah, man, come in anytime. I mean, I I keep kind of a crazy timetable because I'm a single parent with two kids, so I don't get to work as much as I want. But I, you know, I try and keep a regular timetable as best as possible. But he's rolling with my crazy timetable. Super positive. Uh, he's a really great guy, and yeah, I mean, it's been pretty cool to have him around for the last week. So oh. Hudson Torrens, I'll have, I'll get a link for his uh, Instagram account. Nice, uh, super yeah. cool kid. Yeah, Hudson, man, you deserve a shout out for sure, man. Red Dragons, <laughs> <laughs> keep it up, buddy. Justin, man, what about you, dude? Who you want to shout out, my friend? Well, last time we did a Forge Slide chat, we said we were going to do a bunch of shout outs to the winners of the Can Iron competitions. So this week, I'm shouting out the winners of the knife builds. So I think the knife build was to make a rat tail or squirrel tail or a smithy's knife. And uh, the winners of that were James Hammond. He put out such a nice blade. It had like the uh, brute to forge look to it. It had almost kind of like a guard built into it. it. It was just nicely like handle to blade ratio. Everything looked really pretty. So cool. he had... First place, James Hammond, and then I'm sh- I'm gonna shout out second and third place too since we're we're at it. Um, Derek Foster, he's actually vice president of the uh, Manitoba Blacksmith Guild for Brandon. So we have two vice presidents, and then the third place was David Pin, and uh, did he win two? Prizes? David David walked in and cleaned up, man. He won two prizes <laughs> at the Can Iron. Yeah, what a guy, eh? Yeah. Yeah. What a hoser, eh? Oh, he was up <laughs> late during the night. Yeah, I was, was going to come in with that, but I wasn't too sure. <laughs> Chris Beecher, too, at nice. <laughs> yeah, so those are the shout outs. Great guys. And uh, awesome. yeah, I want to see more of their work online as well. So cool, cool. Yeah. Chris, how, sure. do, how do we find you? you on instagram on social media like i'm sure some people might just want to be checking out the knives some people may yeah, be interested for sure. um, in, in signing up for classes how, how does all that work uh it's uh, my instagram is like black.cat.metal uh i'm also on facebook you know chris green um i also have a facebook page black at metal uh i just started playing around with tiktok which is kind of crazy and scary for me um so, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to dabble in all that sort of stuff these days. 
Uh, also website, blackhatmetal.com. Um, so we, it's, yeah, it's all out there. Just slap in black hat metal. Um, there's actually, I'll give another shout out too, if that's okay. There's yeah, actually another black hat metal. They're welders and they're in Ontario and they seem like a bunch of pretty cool guys. So nice. if anybody's looking for some fabrication services, check that out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's like, a, there's a place in Winnipeg or just North of Winnipeg called black hat yeah. blades. Oh, cool. Huh. They do, uh, um, what do you call that? Uh, blades for uh, front end loaders and stuff like that. Oh, oh wow. Wow, that's cool. Good deal. <laughs> <laughs> and how would one get in touch with you for a class? Yeah, man, I want to sign um, up for a class. Where do I go? Uh, you can just head to my webpage. Um, send me an email, all that sort of stuff, chrisgreenblacksmith at gmail.com, um, or send me a direct message through one of the various platforms that's available. And I'll set you up. Cool, man. When you want to, yeah. when somebody wants to sign up for a class, like what are they looking at? One day, two days, a week? Um, I've currently, I've started to get a bit of a student base now, so I can kind of offer more. It really depends on like skill level of the the student. Uh, but most people that are shining up these signing up these days are sort of like introductory stuff. People have seen it on you know TV and Instagram, whatever. Uh, and so it's like a sixteen hours instruction. And you come away with a uh, full tang knife, kitchen or, uh, you know, outdoor knife. And, you know, it's everything you do it all yourself. You forge it, you grind it, you heat treat it, you handle it. Uh, and I'm kind of there working along with you. Uh, I usually try and make something similar. So I demonstrate on my piece and then you go do your piece. Uh, and then, you know, I, I'll throw a bunch of stuff at you. We go over a whole bunch of other stuff as well. So it's not, you know, it's like a whole, I try and throw as much at you as possible. Um, because like, you know, you take any introductory classes and you, you've really got to lay it all out for the students, I think, because you got to, they've got to say everything and do everything to kind of let them get a good bite. Because once they've got a bite, then they're going to be doing it. And that's cool because the more people to do it, the more people understand what we do as metal workers and they understand why we price things, why it takes so long or not so long, you know, all that sort of stuff. So it's, it's all positive stuff in that sense. For sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, man. Cool. What do you think, Sorry, Justin? Yeah. yeah, definitely. When are we gonna when are we gonna go there? Me and you, Calgary. Calgary? Oh man. Hey, they're fully open. We don't even have to worry about nothing out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys should come. We could do like a weekend thing and hang out and forge some things up and go from there. That'd be fun. You guys ever have that. any hammer ins out there? Well, I I don't, I know people, I don't know any like Smiths in Calgary. I know I'm just starting to kind of scratch the surface of who's here. Um, I do know of a few fellows out to the West of me, uh, like Mark Pierce at Mystic Ironworks, um, does amazing stuff. He's been there forever. Uh, Amazing stuff, real like architectural, like really cool stuff. I have yet to touch base with him. I hope to one day. Uh, There's like Shicker Forge, I think also in that area. Um, but I don't know any sort of like Smith within, within Calgary. Uh, 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 yeah. Other than myself. <laughs> I think Ethan Harding moved not too far from where you are now. Oh, did he? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, cool. Yeah. Just, yeah, little, cool. just a bit North of Calgary, I think in between Calgary and Edmonton, somewhere around there. Yeah. Cool. Ethan's a good guy. Yeah. He's a good yeah. guy. Real passionate about what he does. Very. And so kind. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's nice to be around people like that. Well, you know yeah. what? Um, 
I said I was going to mention this before, going back a little bit to what we were talking about. Derek Foster is going to be hosting a hammering at his property in Brandon. It's just outside of Brandon um, on August 28th. So uh, if anybody's interested in hitting up uh, a hammering here in Manitoba, we're open to people coming from all walks of life, anywhere you want to, Hey, you want to travel here from Australia? Well, good luck, but you're, you're welcome. <laughs> Come on down. Uh, it's 20 bucks for non-members members in the Manitoba blacksmith guild are free. So uh, sign on up. There's a, what is there a website that you can go to or something, Justin? Yeah, there's an Eventbrite page. Um, I th- you can find it through the Facebook uh, Manitoba blacksmith guild uh, group. Mm. Um, yeah. Tickets are 20 bucks, but uh, yeah, tickets are it's free, but we're charging you twenty bucks so that you actually come, and then we'll reimburse you twenty bucks. We don't. Ah, that's and, how it works. That's right. I'm gonna put a shutdown date on that <laughs> on that event so that we can order the right amount of food prior to the weekend. Yeah, we'll none of this last minute next. signing up. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I got to get promoting. That's my my week, man. This week I'm going to be sitting around. Yeah. I need to figure out how I'm going to run that demo because I'm doing a uh, kind of introductory bladesmith demo um, at that hammering. So I'm selecting my steel um, to do kind of a, a kind of forge to finish blade, um, maybe something with a, a wrap handle of sorts, and uh, promoting that. So I'm going to be working in the shop. Um, what are you doing this week, Lyndon? You know what, man? We got to get some promotion going for the event. So I'm going to be uh, trying to get my uh, crap together and throwing some promo information out about that. Um, I think I might take some time to freaking meditate, man, because I haven't done that in ages. And it's a, you know, it's a good thing to do that once in a while and kind of yeah. clear the mind and get for back sure. to reality a little bit and just... Yeah. Yeah, man. Try to yeah. try to be a happy person is the road I'm on right now, my man. Yeah, well, you're <laughs> looking gold ahead of you. Go. Uh, there's some nice hikes out there, like near Brereton. There's like oh yeah, the along Bay along Bay. the the creek along the Seine River. Yeah, uh, yeah. we're there. Yeah, you can, there's a few in the city too. Oh yeah, there's get there's outside a bunch. and yeah, breathe, yeah. relax. Uh, yeah. What about you? Chris? I got I got a couple projects I got to finish. Oh. We'll see. Yeah, Chris, oh. what are you doing? <laughs> what are you gonna do the rest of the? I'm only here. What's your future? I'm, I'm, only, I'm only here once. You guys are here all the week. So you can keep it going. Yeah, no for sure. Uh, what am I doing? I'm just gonna be forging out both the master's stuff and taking some maybe taking some time to be with my kids. So that'll be nice. that'll be my weekend. Yeah. So is nice. it the, that 12 inch Tonto? That's definitely one of them for sure. I gotta. I have to make. I like to make templates of things. Not mm. to like scribe on to the material, but just so I can like pick it up and hold it and turn it around and look at it. So I'll make usually make templates out of pine, uh, and that way I can get my head around the, the what the forged finished shape should be. Awesome. Um, yeah, I found that for me, I used to draw all the time, but I could never take the drawing off the page. You know, I was forever like burning my paper. So yeah. I was like, oh, there's got to be a better way. You know, oh, I just make wooden templates. Oh, there we go. So I've got a big box of wooden templates now and you know, collected cool. over the years. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wooden templates. If anybody wants them, that's another like, there are no tips, tricks or tips. There's this just trade, wooden templates. It's Helps awesome. You get your head around I stuff. recommend yeah. that as well. You can yeah. pick it up. You kind of feel the mm-hmm. like 
the balance yep, exactly. of what's going to feel in your hand is just going to be heavier. Mm -hmm. That balance will be kind of similar yeah. to what it is for your templates. So exactly. um, yeah, it's a good idea. And then you get a feel for the handle length and everything. Yeah, everything. all there. <laughs> yeah, I've had a I've heard a couple guys talking about doing 3D prints for their um for their you yeah. know mock up or whatever mm. to look at. Yeah. That'd be so, neat. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Draw a piece of wood and mm -hmm. be so much faster. <laughs> sand it down yeah i mean I'm, I'm a big proponent of whatever you do to get to your finished product whether it's stock removal or 3d printing you know as long as you're not like hurting yourself or other people just do it like it, it's all about what the finished product looks like and that, i mean that goes for like everything every kind of forged thing whether it's hammers or tongs or knives or bottle openers like whatever you got to do to make your product look like you envision it it's mm -hmm. fair game in my book like it, 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 it there's right. so many wonderful tools out there for us to use. Just 3D printing, 3D, come on, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was uh, Rob uh, Bonificio that was all about Bonifacio. that that taught us that one. Yeah, exactly. Bonifacio. <laughs> yeah, he's a good man. Actually, yeah, just actually. talking to him the other day about building myself a. Uh, yeah. <laughs> building what? We're we're talking about building a uh, building a uh, your my own self riding lawnmower, oh, building no. it out of a go kart. <laughs> All right. Yeah, interesting. That's awesome. <laughs> Why not, man? I'm gonna need a riding lawnmower at my new property. It's one acre grass. So, oh boy, <laughs> mm. I, he was uh, he has a YouTube channel, and he was wearing the can iron T shirt, and I I commented on it. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. What, uh, Chris? What kind of pattern mm -hmm. are you uh, are you putting into this tanto? Uh, just gonna. Well, I, I was originally thinking ladder, but because I really like just the simplicity of it, um, mm -hmm. I'm still trying to get my head around a lot of the mosaic stuff. Um, I, I it doesn't come easy for me that kind of manipulation, um, but we'll see. I might. I'm leaning towards ladder, but I'll see when I get the, the template sort of mm -hmm. crafted up and maybe I'll change my mind. Maybe I will go like full blown, like something with a pattern right, uh, right. because it's a pretty special place. So nice. Yeah. 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 Ladder's pretty. Like It is. You, you really, really can't need you... a nice ladder. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> One I ha I've been wanting to try, but I haven't done yet is a mm. raindrop pattern. Mm -hmm. is, I don't know. Yep. I've seen haven't seen any that I've really thought, wow, that's that's gorgeous, but I, I'd imagine to a, see it in person. A nice raindrop pattern is pretty cool. On the right blade, yep. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. On the yeah. Right yeah. Blade, exactly. I've seen a nice it, it one. Yeah. yeah, I've seen a real nice one before. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Linden. Yeah, cool is this a show? Dude, man. You know what, man? We're at this point. We're so all over the place, man. I'm, I'm, I'm boggled. I don't know. Even if, I don't know what to say anymore, man. This is amazing. This is awesome. Uh, thank you so much, Chris, for giving us the time of your day, dude. Oh, Thanks for was... thinking of me having on here. It's amazing. It's been amazing to chat with you, fellas. Thank you, so, dude. Well, I, I'm, I'm humbled. Humbled I'm hum that you asked me. <laughs> I'm humbled to be in your presence, sir. Well, I'm humbled to be in your presence as well. <laughs> thank you so much. That's Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, That's supposed to be me to and you, you, Justin. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> now, now you guys have to come out. We'll do some forging over a weekend or something. Oh, uh, that's that'd be really cool. Yeah, 
That, I would love to do coast to coast. Oh my God. That would be start out yeah, east, right? work my way west or one year yeah. go west, one year go east. Yeah. So good. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. That's the show. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Dude. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. That was awesome. Awesome. Good day. Time. Good day. That that's the thing that I'm enjoying about this the most. It's fun. Yeah. 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 No, Otherwise, be. we wouldn't do it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that? when we recorded with James, that's like that's over a month ago now. Oh no. wow, is it really? Yeah. Wow. It's it's been a month, but then we took time to get the audio uh, actually the Apple up. podcast set up. And mm. are we on Spotify yet? No. Have you figured that out? We're, no, I haven't had a chance to get that. I want to get us on Spotify, and apparently, there's a a website that you can put the rrs feed into and it just um spits it out to like a whole bunch of different ones yeah okay. i gotta figure that out i think it's like buzzfeed or something like that i can't remember hmm. does that sound right no no <laughs> yes whatever that's okay. yeah okay <laughs> apparently the future is all in discord so i don't i don't know <laughs> the future What's on? is in discord the future is in discord that's yeah. the next big thing well Discord yeah. is similar to zoom but I used Discord like three or four years ago for playing Dungeons and Dragons. We were using it. Yeah, that's it was how okay. it started. Yeah, it worked good. Yeah, I think that the chat features are stronger than on Zoom, but and it's free, so it's mm. like all the ki- well, my kids. Well, yeah. What the hell are the we doing? Are what are we doing on Zoom, buddy? <laughs> I don't know. We could be doing it on Discord. I we had stability issues when we started playing D Same with so us. So we kind of stepped away from it and just paid for Zoom. Yeah. Did you did you talk to Jake about D and D? Because he's really into D and D. Really, eh? No, we yeah. did. Wow. Uh, this could be a feature on this podcast. Yeah. Maybe gonna have to bring it back. Yeah. What about yeah, you, Chris? He, I I I haven't played it in a number of years, but yeah, I I would probably get back into it for sure. Yeah, like uh, Jake's, I, I wouldn't say apprentice, I guess he's like, uh, for the lack of a better term, apprentice, Ryan Fogarty is like an amazing dude. And he's Thanks. like all over D&D. So oh, like, and he's, he's super, like, Ryan is like legendary. He's so talented. And he's a musician. And he's like, it's just everything he touches is pretty cool. Uh, he's got a really neat head on his shoulders. Um, and I, if you get a chat, he might be somebody to kind of interview. I I bugged Ryan really and he different. Yeah, I bugged you Ryan bugged and he was, oh. yeah, I talked to him and he, like oh, uh, on on Instagram or whatever and we yeah. were chatting back and forth and I was like, "No, man, like maybe it'd be cool if we, like all four of us sat down together like Jake, you, Justin and myself and we had a four-way chat instead of a three-way chat and he's like, "No, honestly, man, I I can't. I got to let Jake take the <laughs> hot seat there so he's pretty humble in that regard for sure yeah <laughs> yeah yeah he oh but, hugely yeah. came across as massively humble towards uh giving jake the yeah. the reins type yeah. thing yeah. yeah yeah ryan's super talented though. like he's, he's he's almost a little bit too humble because <laughs> mm. he's like he's so talented yeah very cool yeah, he's, he's a good guy 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's lots so many people like that. They're just like humble and hiding, and when you meet them, you're like, where the where have you been? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I've I've uh, actually been kind of I, I I've somewhat made friends. I don't really know where we are are at with that per se, but there's a a gent in our group, Levy or is it Levy or Levi? yeah, it's Levy, right? No, I Levi. I always think Levi. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. What about him? I call him Levy. Levy. Me and him have, I don't know, back and forth. He's come and hung out a few times. Uh, I've helped him out. Like he needed some steel. And I was like, yeah, here, just take it. Yeah. And, and you know what, man, he's an interesting character. He's like, he's a very, um, I don't even know. Very, very art mind is very ambitious, hugely ambitious. Like, man, that guy's got drive, but you can tell he's got an artful mind. And I'm just like, when I had him in the shop with me, I was like, I want to offer you a freaking job. Like, I want you to come work with me, man. I want, like, I can tell you will learn this stuff so freaking fast and you're mm-hmm. not going to be a jerk about it either. Yeah. Oh, at least that's that was my impression from him. I hope I'm right because you know he's young and he's going to grow with us as a group. So mm-hmm. interesting well, to see how he gets on the guild. We need more members there. So mm-hmm. yeah, well he he's moving to Ontario for school for a little while right away. So oh. yeah, Shoot. no point. Yeah. <laughs> tried well, to line. I tried to line him up with Yako so that he can go visit Yako and uh, Ryan Valange while he's on there. Nice. They're close to where he's going to school. Yeah. Congrats to Yako and his wife. They're expecting. Ooh. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah. Lyndon, yeah. 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 Uh, well, dude, right? of course I heard it. Yako's coming to freaking it. He's going to come stay he, with me in December, dude. Winnipeg? Like he was He's like, coming to freaking stay with me for a week in December, dude. Me and him talk to each other all the time. Nice, nice. Like I'll 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 phone him randomly and be like, hey man, I'm just out for a drive. What are you up to? Oh, I'm just hand sanding right now. Oh, perfect. Let's chat. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. So, you know, on the way to my brother's place out in uh, out on the f- the farm there, I'll be driving out to my brother's place. I'll be like, oh, I got like an hour to kill. Let's chat. So, but yeah, man, Yakos, and um, oh shoot, brain fart. Never mind. I forgot what I was going to say. No, no, it was something else. It's gone. I wanted to say, oh, dude, that's what I was going to say. It's congratulations. Not even comparable to having a new baby, but dude freaking took over a knife talk, man. They they did not stop talking about him. I I freaking sent Fader a message. I was like, it's not Jacko. It's (laughs) Yako. yeah are we allowed to talk about other podcasts on this shit what's that do we talk about other podcasts our competitors competitors (laughs) right colleagues colleagues that's right man yeah like we're not i mean we're our own worst competition Uh, yeah exactly yeah man there's I, I love listening to the show that they put out. There's another one called the Forge Cast. We had them with Canaran. Freaking love those guys. Mm-hmm. 
what's another one that I listened to? I was listening to the Blacksmith Pub podcast with uh, Rick Rick Barter and uh, Jesse. I don't know Savage. what Jeff said. You know it. Jeez, thanks, man. Je- well, <laughs> Jesse Savage is kind of a name that you shouldn't forget, really. And same with Rick Barter, really. Like they're <laughs> they're well known and they're well known guys. I mean, they're it's it's a kind of a unique name in a way, yeah. but at the same like it's a, one of those ones that rolls off the tongue, right? But at the same time, those yeah. guys are well known in the community, and mm-hmm. that's kind of like I feel so weird doing what we're doing because we're not a Rick Barter or a Jesse Savage. We're not a Jeff Fader. Well, they, they, they were the first ones to do it. So that's, that's all right. I mean, the well, first no, but person it, to ever really do it was Victoria Patty. Yeah. Like blacksmith, her radio. Like yeah. that's, I, that's why I was introduced to some people. That's, that's how I why I'm doing to this. Contact Tim Cisneros was because of Victoria what? Patty talking to Tim Cisneros. Oh. I'm like, that's the guy I got to train with. That's the guy I need to learn. from. That's so, awesome. It all comes around. That's so crazy. Yeah. That's so crazy. Uh, Victoria Patty was almost in a way a mentor towards me in order to getting this Mm. whole podcast steamrolling and going. Mm. I I was actually going to hire her as my podcast manager, but we spoke about it and she's not really in that field of doing that stuff anymore. And it was kind of like, I felt like I was pulling strings to to get her involved in doing it versus... Mm. uh, her wanting to jump on board and doing it type thing. But man, thank mm. God for what she did. Like, what was oh, it? 150 absolutely. something episode she put out. Yeah. It was crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, so good. Yeah. So good. Fantastic and every, yeah. every episode is quality work quality. Yeah. Yeah. Such a kind lady. Oh my gosh. I would love to meet her. I would absolutely love to meet her one day. Yeah. You put on a check and everything opens up again. It can kind of do like the journeyman thing. You know, yeah. travel around, oh. see all those people. So, yeah, I still want to do that. I still want to, you know, do that journeyman thing and meet the people and shake the hands and see what they're doing. And so, I don't think enough people really do that anymore, except for the Germans. <laughs> if I could recommend one thing, don't buy your dream home before you do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. guess who's probably not going to be doing that anymore that he was wanting to do? But oh well. I got my dream home. It'll happen. <laughs> it'll happen, man. It'll happen. Uh, one day. When one I'm day. 60. When I'm 60, yeah. Okay, <laughs> gents. Awesome. You said it. You were saying it once already. I, you were I, rolling I it. Yeah, I was like, you're going. The kids are gone. I need to go inside. Oh. My wife's, my wife's waiting. Yeah. My parents took the kids to the lake. So uh, <laughs> she's like, you're, you're talking about your podcast on tonight. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> It'll only be an hour. (laughs) And you're playing Dungeons and Dragons on Friday? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Ooh. So, yeah. Yeah. I have to go. uh, I don't know. I'll go make her a drink or something. She'll like that. Give her a foot massage. Makes everything better. Yeah, it makes everything better. Chris, thank you so much. Stop talking and go. Oh, my pleasure. (laughs) My pleasure. (laughs) All right. (laughs) On that, good night, guys. Bye. Ciao. Thanks, Chris. Take it easy, man. Bye-bye. You're so welcome, guys. Take care.